And thanks for joining us for another episode of Not The Dan Patrick Show. The Cootsie, Bondi and Burmo get together to make sure that the Browns know exactly how they should fix their team. You guessed it, incineration. Mike Gordon, how are you? Oh, mate, I'm sitting in a hospital bed right now, kicking along, doing well. It's, it's, uh, it's the best fun, but uh, committed to the podcast, so, you know, here we go. Um... But uh, we've got a few things we wanted to talk about this week. Got a whole stack of different things. We've got a bunch of news, and I mean, the, it's, it's pretty amazing because we've actually got news to talk about, which is phenomenal. Um, so pretty stoked with that one. But um, we're going to talk about our uh, way too early picks for um, the Super Bowl, um, the premierships for NRL, AFL, and also um, the dark horses that we've got. We'll go through that stuff. Um, but uh, why don't we kick off though? Because um, we're going to start off with with all the big stuff and the big news. Uh, I think the NRL betting scandal—it's um, phenomenal, mate. It's huge, twenty thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, look, I reckon there's more to it than that. You wouldn't necessarily investigate a betting scandal for coach of the year for twenty thousand dollars. There's got to be some background to that story. Um, I just don't know whether it's not worth telling or whether it hasn't come out yet. But, um, yeah, a little bit of conspiracy there, so be interesting. Mate, uh, I just don't know of a lamer betting scandal than some dude putting a few hundred bucks on the coach of the year. Like, <laughs> it's it's such an Australian thing to do. Like, it's just, like, no, no, we're not having it. But it's just, uh, it, it, but I mean, fair enough. Like, I don't know how you exactly f- can have a scandal about betting for that. But anyway, they, they managed to do it. Yeah, you're right. I think there must be something else to it. Whether they've got, like, um, it's just like, you know, how they start at the bottom rung and work their way up with all the rest of them, or if there's inside information being given out from personnel and the admin staff, because front officers can do that, I guess, and they can get in trouble, but who the hell knows? Um, but, uh, and Kuti, mate, we had the, the charity golf game. We had two of the legends of the NFL and, uh, and golf. We got Brady and Mickelson teamed up to go up against Manning and Tiger Woods. And, and how tragic was it that the wardrobe malfunction from Brady completely overshadowed anything to do with this charity golf match? Brady <laughs> <laughs> hey, goes, goes to Ben Dan and he splits his dax. There you go. For those who haven't seen it, like I, I, I read through the article, I can't even remember who won. Uh, it was the it was um, Manning and Woods ended up winning, um, but only just. Yeah, there you go. Apparently Brady wasn't doing so so well, um, but uh, yeah, it was. Um, he he sort of had a, a terrific comeback, but it wasn't quite enough. But it was worth fifteen million bucks. So you know that was about seven dollars of their time, seven minutes of their time. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. These guys are you throw the golfers in that as well, making bulk coin. Oh mate, it's ridiculous. Like I mean, those those four guys combined would probably be able to buy a small country. Um, but you know, it is what it is. Um, what else do we have in the news? Oh mate, actually, this is another one for you, Coots, mate. It was Eddie Maguire. He was having a big old rant about the Legends team, and was he, he was pretty pissed, mate, that uh, that Lou Richards and Lou Richards being a, a favourite of mine, he's a Collingwood guy. But what, what what was your thoughts on that whole thing about him? And um, uh, who was the other one that, that got left out? Um, was it uh, Del, no? It wasn't Del Santo? It was um, I think it starts with a D, and I'm, I'm blanking on who it was. The other guy that got left out. But anyway, but what was your thoughts on the Legends team and Eddie Maguire's rant? I mean, it's always difficult when you try and put a Legends team together about... You're always going to have arguments about this player should have made it and obviously you have people from different generations having their thought. But love him or hate Eddie, he does hit the nail on the head with a lot of topics. He did the same thing a little while ago. He seems to have this ongoing feud with Kane Corns, former Port Adelaide player as well. Um, which had been coming very close to being wanker of the week a couple of times. Um, and even his run over with um, Caroline Wilson, I, I have no, as a Carlton fan anyway, I have no real care of what Eddie McGuire does, but he does 
talk a lot of common sense, which you don't really hear from too many Collingwood members. <laughs> or <laughs> my members, he's the president hey, of Collingwood. Hey, but, you but, take that, um, you watch him out. <laughs> yeah, but I think, I think it, it's a valid point. You know, why isn't Lou Richards on there? You could quite easily fit in there, you'd think. But like, like I said, they, these types of teams always create a bit of controversy. That's true, that is true. And the, the other one was Dunstall. Dunstall was who I was forgetting. Um, there you go. The, the Chief as well, like that, that's a tough one to put. Who do you have full forward? There's really only one position, and you could put 10 different people in there, and you yeah. could have 100 different people go, no, nah, that's absolutely rubbish. Well, that, that, that's right, mate. I mean, it's the same. It happens all the time. I mean, it's it's like, you know, whenever they the NBA, the NFL, or, or anyone has like an all-stars game, um, it, it's just someone, you know, there's 15,000 articles written for the next month about, oh, this person was snubbed and that person was left out. Like, it's just, you know, there's, it, it's just, there's always comes down to just a matter of opinion because there's no real way to just say, well, that guy had the best stats or that guy did this or that guy did that. You know, it, it's so hard to put them down to the legends. We were talking about Wayne Carey yesterday, like, do you, do you take the player or, on the field, off the field, do you combine them? Like it's it's such a hard thing to do, right? Oh, absolutely. And we're talking guys that haven't played in decades as well, <laughs> putting them <laughs> against you know football at the turn of the century versus football of the turn of the uh, of you know last decade or so, or people were not long retired. So it's it's very hard to weigh up who's deserving because there's more than twenty two blokes that'd be deserving on a legends team. That's for sure. Hundred percent. Oh yeah, hundred percent. You're exactly right, mate. That's right. Um, but one of the other things I wanted to, to talk about with you guys was uh, Timo Werner, who is being targeted for the paltry sum. It's reported uh, of it, it's some. I can't remember the exact euros, but it's worth ninety-seven million Australian dollars for his contract. Uh, mate, your 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 thoughts on on just yeah on, on the whole contract situation there and ninety-seven million dollars actually being an option for a man to kick a ball around. I just, it just proves that there's too much money in some sports. <laughs> and as we'll probably talk about later, not enough sport, not enough money in, in other sports. Mm, that's right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Bondo, mate, what would you do with $97 million? Um, I'd probably buy a country. $97 million, yeah, that'd get me like Madagascar or somewhere like that. Yeah, true. Um, buy an island or something at least. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but that's completely absurd. Puts our twenty thousand uh, dollars betting scandal into perspective, really, doesn't it? Well, exactly, mate. That, that's what I mean. Like, it, it's just like the twenty thousand bucks is just such an Australian thing. We're just worried. Like, I, I'll never forget. Um, it was back when someone was just paid fifty odd million dollars a year to to play soccer. I've forgotten. I think it might have been. Um, uh, might have been Messi or some, one of those guys. Anyway. And I'd been at an AFL game um, that night, and I'm blasting Travis Cloak at the time, playing for Collingwood because he drilled three points in a row from right in front, and I was losing my mind. He's on half a million dollars a year. Because that was a huge contract. And uh, (laughs) and then later that night, I see this guy get get an absolute truckload of money for uh, for playing that. But... Look, it, it's just bananas. But hey, look, I mean, that's that's the difference between you know 27 million population and uh, you know 300 million population in the states, etc. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good point too. There's no way near the money in Australia to throw at sport as there is uh, in Europe and uh, USA. So it's true, it's true. We are we are a country of convicts, mate. So we never started with much. <laughs> <laughs> but you look at our, our domestic sports, AFL, NRL, I assume, is the same. There is a salary cap that every player has to be under or every club has to pay their players up to a maximum, a cumulative amount of whatever that dollar figure is in, like, Bundesliga and um, EPL. Uh, and I think Major League Baseball as well, there is no salary cap. You can That's pay your players point. whatever that you want to pay them. And, and clearly, who, who was it? Um, Liverpool? I've got to spend cool 97 mil in their back pocket ready to pay this kid for. And I mean, kid, the dude's like 24 years old. Yeah, 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 exactly. He is, I mean, like, we're not exactly, you know, 65 or anything, but Jesus Christ, mate. I mean, if I was 24 years old, I mean, if I got a thousand bucks, I was stoked. Like, you know, <laughs> it's just like, 
Jesus, like it, it's just it's all perspective, mate. But you're right. That, that's actually a good point. I mean, it, even if you look at overseas ones that actually do have salary caps, the salary cap for an NFL team is like two hundred million dollars for for fifty blokes. Like it, it's just it's obscene. Uh, I mean, yeah. So, but that's that's just how it is. Though. But I mean, look, don't get me wrong. It, it's not like I wouldn't love to be getting paid an Australian sports star wage. I mean, the, the top the top tier guys are still on over a million bucks a year, so it doesn't exactly suck. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, anyways, but that's all. Right. You guys got any, any other news points you, that you could think of, or anything else you wanted to go through for news wise? No, not mate. No, all good. Sweet. All right. Well, look, there was a couple of topics we did want to have a chat with, and as uh, Cootie alluded to before. Uh, sports that don't necessarily have a lot of money in it, um, for which something that I really wanted to talk about because we, we've sort of touched on it a few times over the last few weeks, and that's looking at the the strongman competition. Um, and obviously, there's a big feud going on with uh, between like Eddie Hall and Thor breaking his his record by a whopping one kilo in the deadlift. Uh, for for just it, it was almost like just a thumb the nose at him kind of thing, 501 kilos. But I mean. Good God, that's that's a ridiculous effort. Five hundred one kilos is just stupid. But um, but what what were your guys' thoughts on uh, on the feud that came out and this and this uh, apparent boxing match that's coming up? This this has been ongoing a little while back. From I think it was two thousand seventeen, Eddie Hall beat out uh, Thor by one point on the world's strongest man, and it was all because um. Uh, I think it was the Viking lift or something, whichever, whichever, um, um, whatever they call it, event it was. Um, mm. Thor, he got a couple of warnings from the ref that he didn't lock out or he double dipped on whatever the event was. Mm. Um, he cracked a bit of the sads. All these, he had all these yes men around him going, "No, this is crap. You should have should have been paid." He then cracked the wobblies at the at the uh, referee, who then went through and went, "Look, mate, I gave you a couple of warnings." And on the replay, you didn't lock your elbows or whatever, so there's no way we could have allowed it, and you were probably lucky to get away with a couple there anyway. Eddie yeah. Hall rocks in. He knows what he has to get, beats it by one. Sweet, I'm the world's strongest man, and, and Thor cracked the wobblies on the <laughs> on the podium. But I think Thor had been he come second place, like a career second place in this world's strongest man for quite a while. Yeah. Eddie Hall retires after that. He becomes strongest man. Eddie Hall breaks a deadlift record. Then Thor goes, Stuffy, yeah, I'll break the deadlift record by one singular kilo. Yeah. And um, and then it just, this feud, especially social media-wise, just kicks off. And then you end up seeing, you know, two massive guys all of a sudden start boxing training for a fight. that will probably never happen, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it'll be interesting, eh? I, I yeah I don't know if it will be. <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts, Bond? I don't I don't think the boxing fight, will, if it goes ahead, won't get past probably the second round. I mean, Thor weighing in at a measly two hundred and five kilos. I mean, if you get hit by a right hook from that, you know, you're knocked in the next week. So, yeah, I think it's very industrious to get a um, a sanctioned fight out of it. Um, they might get paid a little bit more than what they'll get paid for all of their strongman competitions put together. Um, so, you know, even if it's an undercard fight, they're still going to get paid a bit of money um, because, like, I'm not going to pay, but I'll probably go to the pub to watch these yeah. two monsters beat each other in the face. Um, and, yeah, as Cootsie touched on earlier, they probably don't have the endurance to last more than two or three rounds. But, God, there's going to be some heavy hits in those two or three rounds. Mate, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I mean, like, also, the the fact of the matter is, right, that when you look at, uh, like, Thor, for example, he's just shy of seven foot tall. Eddie Hall is the same height as me. He's, He's six foot. So... I remember watching when Vladimir Klitschko beat Shannon Briggs, and there was about a foot difference in height there as well. It, it's and it, it's just not. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Eddie Hall, and he's a very strong man. But I, I just can't see him uh, a, a guy that's a, literally a foot shorter uh, and about you know probably about fifty kilos difference in weight. 
Like, it just seems... It's not like he's a short, quick guy either that's going to get around his legs or anything. <laughs> I, I think the thing that everyone is kind of forgetting in all this is neither of these guys know how to box. They're, they're, not, they're not amateur body, boxers or anything like that. These are career strongmen and powerlifters and whatnot. One's a Game of Thrones actor, mind you. But if you have two, you know, career ballerinas, you don't go, well, if they've got a bit of a tiff of each other, that might make a really good boxing match, won't it? If neither <laughs> of these guys know really what they're doing, like, granted, if this fight ever went ahead, they'll get some crash course on this is how you throw a punch. But I, I think you're looking at, like, a Barry Hall, Paul Gallen type fight, which will just be a complete waste of everyone's time at the end of the day. And it'll, I, I agree it'll create revenue, It'll, you know, people go, I, I really want to see it. But I think the level of fighting you're going to get at the end of the day is going to be pretty dismal. It, it's going to be Gallon Hall style fighting, I reckon, or boxing. Mate, I, I think you're right. I think I think you're right. Um, but look, while, while we're on that, though, you talk about creating revenue. So I don't know. Did you guys look up how much the Arnold Classic play, paid for the first plot for the first prize? Did you guys know how much I that was? Yeah, it's. Bugger all, 130k. Yeah, yeah, it it is terrible. And in fact, the 2020 overall Arnold Strongman prize money. So here we go. So the 130k is actually the total prize pool. So first place, Hathor Bjornsson got 72,000. Uh, Martins Lisi's got 22,000. Oh, sorry, uh, my apologies. Matthias, uh, I can never say his last name. It's the Russian guy. It's about 14. Consonants and no vowels, um, <laughs> but he got twenty two thousand. Third place got seventeen thousand, and fourth place was Jean Francois Caron. He got twelve grand. Um, that's on the Fitness Vault website apparently. But uh, did you look at something different, um, Bondi? Get a different amount or? Uh, no. Let's just go with that. Uh, I thought it was around one hundred thirty k mark, uh, but I did see from eleventh place onwards you get paid a thousand dollars. The entry yes. fee. For contestants is two hundred and fifteen dollars. <laughs> so <laughs> you, they might cover food for the event with the like winnings. Like, what's going on? Why do these guys get paid nothing? I, 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 you know, I've been wondering that for a long, long time. I've been, I've been looking for a long while, and like, even the actual like now the Arnold Classic. This, this is the thing, right? The Arnold Classic actually pays better than the world's strongest man competition, like the official world's strongest man. So, it, to me, it just seems ridiculous. I mean, these guys are some of the most phenomenal athletes. And I say athlete in terms of strength, not track and field. But, um, like, they just do... Uh, I mean, like, who the hell can pull a goddamn giant truck or an aeroplane or... Whatever, like they're just so incredibly strong. Deadlifting 500 kilos. I mean, like the, the average guy that they have come in here, the entry level to deadlift is about 400 kilos. So you know, it's just bananas what these guys can do. I, I just don't understand it. Like, I mean, you'd think some sponsors would want to jump on it, wouldn't you? Well, yeah, but I could hazard a guess. Like, the event takes all of 10 seconds. You walk out to the bar, you warm the crowd up with a couple of, and then you lift it, you drop it, and you walk away. Why? How exciting is that compared to, you know, a 90-minute game of football? <coughs> Granted, they do that more than once, but I'd much prefer a little bit of competition, a little bit of excitement than, yep, congratulations, bud, and then just walk away, like... I don't know, there's only so much hype and build-up you can put into someone doing a single lift. I, I see what you're getting at, but I guess when you've got 15 people doing it all in one go and they have 10 different events that they've got to do, or five events depending on which what competition they're doing, I mean, the same argument could be made for a UFC match. There's only there's really only three rounds of 15 minutes, but they just have a lot of people doing it. So I think it's the same kind of uh, mentality. I mean, I get your point with what you're saying, but... I think a lot of sports are like that anyway. Like any sort of, I guess, um, when you look at any athletic event, like a, a hundred, a hundred, a hundred meter race only takes ten seconds. But Hussein Bolt gets paid a truckload of cash. So it, it's just, 
I, I don't know. It's hard to say, man. They're like, but like Kutsi, you were mentioning, wasn't it darts that they get paid a stupid amount of money? Yeah, so I've got it in front of me. So um, Michael Van Gerwen, this is a little bit older, this article, but he cleaned up the um, World Darts Championship in London. I think it was last year. And from that event, he won a cool half million pounds sterling from it. Jeez, well, that, what's that, like 1.3 million Aussie? Uh, <laughs> it, it, you, you're virtually doubling it, yeah. So it's, it's, yeah. it's a cool mill in Aussie dollars pretty much. But, um, nice. but yeah, he, I think that... Their total prize money that was divvied out over the um, first through however many contestants was something like two and a half million pounds as well. So this was, I think it was a two-weekend event of the best dart players in the world facing off, um, yeah, over the two two weekends. And these guys are walking away with a a cumulative prize money of uh, 2.5 mil. Um, But... I think that clearly darts has makes a lot more revenue, makes a hell of a lot more money than um, strongman because if you've ever watched a professional darts match, the guys come out with ring girls and well not ring girls but you know the the girls in skimpy bikinis. They've got mm. the walkout music. They've got if you've ever seen um, my favourite, I, I don't know if you call him an athlete, a professional dart player, whatever it's called. Um, snake bite right. He's got you know the mohawk with the snake printed on the side of his head. Um, he gets the whole crowd going when he gets up there, and the crowd goes mental for it. They're you know dancing around. They're all in dress up. They're holding out signs, carrying on, screaming out 180 every time someone hits three darts in there, and they're going crazy and they're sinking beers and going absolutely mental. I, I don't think you could get the same kind of uh, kind of crowd at a strongman event, but from what you see when you watch it, it looks to be about 30 people standing around a boarded off area, right? So you, can, you, you could advertise it and get people there and making an event so much easily or a, a lot better than what it already is, surely. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, they're starting to do uh, a lot of things, like, for example, they're doing the um, the strongest in Dubai um, where the the sheiks are starting to put a bit of money behind it, so hopefully it'll get some notoriety over there. But they paid for all of the athletes to fly over there, and they put them up in a big hotel and did all the bits and pieces. And then they, um, you know, they went through the whole the whole thing with them. Um, but it, it's it's interesting. I, I just don't know because I even even a lot of strong men don't even have sponsorships like a lot of them can't even and, and even if they do have a sponsorship it's not like it's it's for you know half a million bucks like it it's like it's a few thousand dollars like it's it's just really not a lot so I think a lot of these guys must have day jobs like I remember Ronnie Coleman like the the he was Mr Olympia eight times in a row and he was just he was a Miami City cop like he he was this enormous man walking around Miami in uh, in a cop uniform because he, he couldn't pay the bills otherwise. Well, see, that doesn't surprise me either because I, I still think, I think I haven't researched it that well, but I'm pretty sure there's more money in Mr. Olympia than there is in Strongman. Yeah, there is. It makes yeah. even more than less sense because then you've got someone who's putting all this time and effort into training to look a particular way that is then sparks the argument of a sport versus judging panel versus, you know, a point system or something. Versus, so you've got the bodybuilders in a panel of judges and they go, I think that person looks better than that person, therefore he's the winner. Hmm. Whereas in World's Strongest Man, it's there's no bullshitting about it. It's, I lifted more than that guy, I am stronger, therefore yeah. it's definitive. Yeah, it's not subjective, like... Um it, it, I think we talked about this a while back, where it we was, did, uh, yeah, was yeah. yeah, the difference between like an activity and and a sport, like an actual sport. But I don't know. It's an interesting one. I mean, like I, I've been looking at, at different things, and they talk about how to make strongman your day job, and it just basically seems like the only option you've got is effectively to uh, open your own gym and be a coach yourself and be a personal trainer and and all that sort of stuff. That seems to be the only way. To be able to to do any of it, like because otherwise you're just going to be effectively just stuck, uh, you know, doing. Well, I, I guess just you know, I don't know, packing groceries or, or something. I don't know. I, I don't know what else you're going to be doing. 
maybe you know, if you pack groceries, you can like, you know feed yourself while you're going. I don't know, maybe just nick someone's <laughs> you know meat or something. I don't know, but but it's just it's just nuts, mate. Like I I really just I don't know. I, I I just don't get it. Like surely there would be someone taking the sponsorship, right? They maybe they're they're not getting enough airtime. Maybe Fox Sports needs to pick them up or something. Well, I don't know. In fact, there you go. I think I've just figured it out. They don't have ad revenue. There you go. You've just solved it. Mate, I'm I'm a genius. There you but, go. <laughs> but no, that's probably what it is because they don't have like a um a regular season of like strongman events where they just have you know like um like cricket has you know uh, the big big bash league where they have games every week or the Sheffield Shield or test matches on a regular basis. They just have you know events you know five times a year or whatever. Do you think there's the market for it as well? Like, you know, you put the big bash on, you get, you know, a couple of million Australians sitting down every week watching the big bash. You know, how many people are you going to get tuning into strongman competitions? I just don't know that the market's there for it. Like, I don't know. For me, it's... I'm not going to say boring, but, you know, there's... Not too much excitement in it. Um, having said that, I could say the same about darts. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I, I know. Like it, it's hard. But like there's apparently there, there is a decent market for it. Like I mean, Eddie Hall's got you know half a million subscribers on YouTube, and like it, there's there's quite a lot of um, of interest around. But I think you might be right. though. it may not be enough. Enough. Like. Even in Australia, you know, you're getting, you know, to an AFL match, you'll get 50,000 people to a, to a game. Um, whereas strongman events, you're probably going to fill an arena, but that arena is only going to be, you know, 5,000 people or something. So it's a tough one, but I think that's probably the case. I think it's probably just simply that if they had a regular strongman thing of like, you know, every week they had an event, but I think it's, it's not feasible to do it that way because the toll it would take on your body. Like Brian Shaw couldn't go and bust out, you know, 500 kilo deadlifts every week. I think he'd bloody snap his back in half. Oh, exactly right. Noting these guys would be training all year round for a, a handful of events. You throw the Arnold Classic in there, and World Strongest Man would obviously be the two with the most notoriety. But yeah, you, you couldn't do, or even like a Formula One style, and every fortnight go to somewhere else in the world and do slightly different events, you just, you know, the guys wouldn't be able to do it. If you got injured, it'd wipe you out for half a season. you miss out anyway, so. Exactly right. I mean, it's probably, I mean, that's something else we're going to talk about as well. I mean, just with other other events, you know, things like the Olympics, for example. I mean, we talk about um, something that doesn't have a season. And it's, I mean, the Olympics has been impacted heavily. I mean, these amateur sports people that, you know, they they rely incredibly heavily on sponsorships and and having these amateur events go ahead, like the World Champs or uh, the Olympics, which has now been completely screwed. Um, good old Corona, thanks. Uh, but um, they're talking about um, they're going to delay it through to Tokyo 2021 now. I mean, yeah, like, and look, I think about sports like gymnastics and stuff like that, where You've only got to... Uh, we've come to the conclusion that basically uh, going to the V8 is a bad idea. All right, fair enough. I understand. I'll uh, I'll just uh, I'll get stuff then. All right, Bondi, I get it. Um, <laughs> now, the other thing we were going to talk about today, uh, unless you guys had any final points on the F1? No. Sweet. All right. Now, what we're going to look at is our two early picks for the Super Bowl and the premiership flags for the NRL AFL. And also, we're going to quickly whip through um, who our picks are for our rookies um, for NRL, AFL, um, and uh, the AFL, NRL, and NFL. So, I'll kick off with my, let's say, um, we'll go, we'll start off with the NFL. We'll go NFL. So, for me, um, for the rookie of the year, um, now, I looked at offense and defense. Offense, I would say Cam Akers, who's going to be a running back for um, the Rams, uh, or Joe Burrow, who was the number one pick. He's going to be um, the quarterback for, unfortunately, the Bengals, the poor bugger. 
Um, but we'll see how he goes there. Um, for defense, look, Isaiah Simmons, um, he's going to be brilliant. He's a great defensive player. But overall, I think the most likely is going to be Joe Burrow. What did you guys think? Yeah, mate, I agree with Burrow. As long as he t- his team doesn't let him down, I mean, if your running backs and wide receivers don't catch the ball, um, <laughs> you know, they're going down as incompletes against Joe. Um, so your passing yards and all that kind of stuff fail. I mean, the man's got some rushing in him, uh, but I honestly don't know if he could carry the whole team himself. So that's the one thing that concerns me um, about Joe for Rookie of the Year is the team letting him down. That's a fair point. That's a fair point because I mean, like they they've got AJ Green, who's one of the best receivers when he's healthy, but they, they've got a lot of injury prone dudes and. Their offensive line has been known to, um, let's just say, be less than optimal. Um, but we'll uh, we'll see what happens. But what about you, Kurt? Who was your thoughts for rookie? Uh, strangely enough, I went Burrows as well. I, I mean, everything's going in his way. The worst thing you just touched on is the O line, but you compare him with the other quarterbacks that were taken. Tua and Herbert aren't going to play every game. Burrows is going to play every game, barring injury, of course. He still has guys to throw to, and he still has a pretty good running game to help him out as well. Um, True, in the mix, yeah, I had, Cam, have, had, um... had Cam Akers in the mix as well. I just think because yeah. the Rams really don't have anyone else to run the ball. Um, the only <laughs> other two I had kind of, of mentioned, I thought Henry Ruggs for the Raiders would be a bit of a dark horse, because um, yes. mainly because Gruden, the head coach there, loves him. So he's going to find a way to get him involved in every passing and probably he might even run the ball a few times, who really knows. But um, Derek Carr doesn't really have a heck of a lot else to pass to as well. He's a quarterback there in Vegas. Um, and for defensive, I just think Chase Young, he's you know the standout oh, yeah, defensive player from the Redskins. I did have a little side note for Kenneth Murray from the – or Murray, Murray, if you've ever seen Joker – from the Chargers, yes. just because I think he'll be a, a standout middle linebacker for a really good Chargers defense, and I think the players around him will make him better. So there'll be a good defense anyway, and he should be a stud on that. And then Isaiah Simmons from the Cardinals, very similar position for the exact opposite reason: is he's the only good player, and he's the only good player in a really bad defense. True, true. And of course, that's uh, that's coming out of uh, Bondi's favorite school, I believe, the LSU. Yes, mate. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. See, I pay attention. I know what you're like. Uh, now, <laughs> for the NRL rookies, um, look, I, I had a couple of ones for the for the NRL of who I thought um, would be pretty solid. I looked at Luke Metcalf. Um, he was playing for Manly. He looks pretty solid, but he's playing halfback five eight and I just I don't know if he's gonna get much of a shot to be honest because they've got Dylan Walker and Daly Cherry Evans. Um but I think I think Dylan Walker's probably better suited in the centres than he is a, a, as a five eight or maybe sort of full back or something like that. But I, I I just don't think Dylan Walker's gonna stay there is my point. Uh, so he might get a shot um a little later in the season um and he'll he'll kick on. But the guy that I really think is is gonna is gonna do well for Canberra is um Harley Smith. Um, I think he's going to play very, very well in the centres there for him. Um, I think he's going to stand out. He's going to, I don't think he's going to come on the, uh, and be as quite as explosive as what Kalen Ponga was a couple of years ago, but I think he's going to do very, very well for Canberra, who, um, are also my pick for the flag as well. But, uh, what did you guys think for the NRL? I've got Billy Magulius here for the doggies. Um, good one, good one. Yes, mate, I know. I'll watch the NRL Rookie of the Year pick. <laughs> so, um, yeah, again, you know, followed by a team of experts, um, that is 100% Rookie of the Year. That's all I've got. That's fair enough. No, he, he looks very good. He's taken over from, uh, from Paul Gallen, I believe, um, from what Paul Gallen's role was. Um, oh, actually, is he the guy, or am I thinking someone else? Uh, I don't know. Don't know. Is he playing for? I can't. I'm getting them mixed up because I know one plays for um, Canterbury and the other one's for Cronulla, and I'm getting them mixed up. But yeah, but I, I, from what I read though, he's a he's a big second rower, so he should do quite well. Um, Cootie, did you have one for the NRL? Um, Xavier Coates. 
I don't know, it's his oh. first name and a list I was looking at. I've got no idea, I'll be honest. <laughs> That's all right. I just like flicking names. Like, oh, yeah, the odds for this guy is actually pretty sweet. So I'm like, yep, let's just, I'll just lock it in for history and then he wins. I can just claim how good I am later. So we'll just go Xavier Coates right there. That's it. Like, he's like, I called it early in the year, I told you. No, yes, no, that's, that's uh, it. It's purely it's, for bragging Oh, Yeah, exactly. I mean, I've got him in my, um, in my fantasy team, actually, now that I think about it. He's um he's a pretty solid player, but he's um, he plays with the Broncos. He looks pretty solid. He's only, he's played like three games, I think, so far, but he should do quite well. Um, oh, here's one that you will have one for the AFL mate. Who's uh, who's your AFL rookie of the year pick? I think the uh, Gold Coast first overall pick from the draft not long ago, Matty Roll. He'll he, he has to be. he'll play every game on a really bad Gold Coast Suns team that will need him to perform. So uh, I think he's the standout. That's fair, mate. No, he he looks like he's going to do well, and you're right. The Gold Coast Suns is a terrible team. Still, I don't know when they're actually going to make the leap to be a good team, but hopefully, fingers crossed, it'll happen at some point. Um, although, I, they maybe do you reckon they might be like Melbourne, where they just sort of perennially are crap, and then all of a sudden they're going to be good? I don't know. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Well, my, my AFL is actually. And I'm sad to say it, it's um, from the Dockers, it's um, Sam Sturt. I think he's going to be sensational. Um, he is, he, I think, pretty sure he actually got a nab rising star the other day, I think. But he's, um, he, I say the other day, when the season was still going. Um, but uh, but he, he's very, very talented player. Um, I think he's going to do quite well for the Dockers. Um, he's going to be a full-time starter for them um, pretty much the whole year, I think. He's... He, he's He's quite a good, uh, quite a good young talent to come through, and the Dockers need as much young talent as they can get. Um, so that's that's my pick. Kuti, did you have one? Not a Kuti, sorry, Pondai. Pondai, mate, did you have one? Yeah, mate. Uh, <laughs> I'm much the same as Kuti uh, with NRL for this one. So I've got Lockie Ash um, for Greater Western Sydney. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic young player. I uh, did my research <laughs> on him. He's, uh, He's definitely a human being on the earth. Great guy. He can football better than most other people. So I basically cool. went through and um, picked a rookie from a competitive team, uh, someone that I thought uh, would uh, would develop um, with a good team around him. Um, and Greater Western Sydney have been um, there or thereabouts uh, for the last few seasons. So I'd like to see them go all the way, but I don't think they're quite there yet, but they're getting close. Most people want to go all the way in Greater Western Sydney. That's just a, that's a hub for that. Um, but, no, look, and the, as a bonus, mate, I picked one for the for the women's AFL as well. And it's uh, it's actually, mate, and this is also my pick for the women's AFL flag as well. It's actually from Carlton, mate, Gabby Newton. Um, she is sensational, mate. I think she's going to do very, very well. She was a first-round pick. Um, I think she's going to absolutely crush it for Carlton, and I think they're actually going to take out the women's flag this year. Thoughts, Kuti? Do you reckon they'll take it? I think they're every chance to. Yep. They're more, um, I think, I think that Collingwood should do okay, but I don't think they'll take it, but I think North Melbourne's the other one. Um, they, they could do well in that one, but all right. Now let's let's run through our flags. What we think, uh, who's going to take it out? And as I mentioned before, for my NRL, um, I think the Raiders are going to take it. I think they they're just too good. They were, they I think they're going to go um, all the way again this year. I think they they just they just brilliant. They're a very well rounded team. I think um, the only real difference was um, uh, their I can't think of his last name. I'm drawing a blank. George. Something, um, he's coming in as, as their new 5'8", but I think he's gonna crush it anyway. And my dark horse is, in fact, Manly. Um, I think Manly's gonna do well. They've got a pretty, they, they, they've been perennially competitive, but they don't seem to ever get over the line, but this year you never know. They might, they're always dangerous. Yeah, mate, I've gone for the Cowboys. Um, they've got no real excuse. Like I said last week, they've got a warm-up game this week against the Titans. Um, They've got a good side. Um, I think Valentine Holmes is out of place at fullback, so if they can find somewhere for him um, and leave Clifford in the side over Morgan, um, 
then I think they've got enough and they'd have a winning culture to get there. Um, and my dark horse is the Bunnies, uh, just because Wayne Bennett is so good. Um, he can take any team to the flag um, or the premiership. So uh, I think look out for the Bunnies this season. That'll be interesting. You're right. I mean, the Bunnies are an interesting team. Um, they've got Latrell Mitchell, big signing, um, but we'll see what they do. But they actually, the one thing about the Cowboys, though, I was gonna like I agree with Valentine Holmes being out of place. Um, who would you would you put drink water in at fullback or leave him or what would you do? Yeah, drink water in at fullback. Yeah, fair 100%. enough. And then and I I don't think they're going to get rid of Morgan though. I think they're going to leave him in the halves. Um, Mate, you can't sack your captain. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think you can do that. Um, no, but I, no, honestly though, I think Morgan he is very, very good as a centre. I actually genuinely think he's got the speed and the talent to work there and they could they could fill the halves in other ways. But anyway, um love to see the Cowboys just be competitive this year, man. I I don't I'll just be competitive. And um Kuti, mate, your picks. Uh Storm to win it and the Seagulls for the Dark Horse for nothing no other reason other than just because That's fair man. Well we'll stick with Tough you mate we'll go. again. We'll switch it over to AFL, mate. What, what, who are your picks for the AFL? Uh, I hate to say it, but I think it'll be Richmond. Um, oh. I, I, oh. I don't want to bring COVID into it, but they're not a hard there. I mean, you're at, at more advantage being a Victorian club. They haven't gotten worse over the pre, over the off-season. They're still a perennial powerhouse. We saw them round one against Carlton. Yes, it was Carlton who aren't the best team in the league, but they didn't get a second, second gear to beat them. And I hate to say it, they just look too good again. My dark horse, I had the Bulldogs, but kind of they got smashed by your mob in the first yeah, round. Yeah, they did. Ago now. 50 points, man. Look out. So I kind of, I was riding the Bulldogs for ages, and I'm like, I reckon they'll be 2016 revisited, and I'll surprise everyone. But mm. And I hate it, because we've had one game, and the, ga- the season's kind of relaunching again, and, and I kind of hate to say it, because my whole outlaws go for Hawthorne, but... I kind of oh. the way they smashed Brisbane in the first game too. I kind of mm. Hawks have everything back. They've now got a Jared Ruffhead replacement at full forward, and in um, Patton they've got um, leather poisoning back. Tom Mitchell back in the middle. They've got that midfield of they got rid of a lot of veterans to then get in these young kids that have been you know all had injury, but everyone back on the park a hundred percent. And Hawthorne they look dangerous again. Yep, not 100%, mate, I agree. And, uh, I mean, it hurts me to say that. I, I think Richmond are uh, going to do very well this year, but I hate them. And, and Poos and Wees, mate, I hate Hawthorne with a, with a passion. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it, it, it's, it's, it's fair enough. And Bondi, mate, who's yours? Yeah, look, I've gone for the West Coast Eagles um, to take the flag this year, um, purely because they're coming over east to better weather. Um, so <laughs> I reckon they'll... They'll soar over here um, without that. Oh, that was a bird. Yeah, did you catch that? <laughs> um, and Port Adelaide is the roughy, and I mean the roughy. They are pretty rough, mate. They are pretty rough. <laughs> but look, the thing with Port, though, mate, they're always they're always dangerous. Though. That's the thing. Like if they get going, they get some momentum up. You never know. Like they, it's not like they haven't won before. Um, so you know, you never know. Well, for me, mate, like it's a definitely a homer pick, but. The Pies, I can't go past them. I think that they are, if there's anyone that's going to beat Richmond, it'll be the Pies. Um, I think that, I think even in the betting, I think they're one and two at the minute, actually, you know, that I think about it. I think I saw some odds the other day. Um, so I think that's about right. But then my darkie, my, my darkie, my dark horse, that sounds weird. My dark horse is, um, is, uh, is actually the Lions, but, uh, you did mention they got smashed by Hawthorne, but I, I just think that they have enough talent. Um, and with the season restarting, I think that, that initial couple of games is going to matter too much. Um, but I think the Lions are, um, they've got enough talent there to be good. Um, and I hate the Lions with a passion, so it hurts me to say that as well. Uh, I hate a lot of teams, can you tell? Uh, <laughs> all right, now that's pretty much all of our picks, lads, I believe. We, we went through everything, didn't we? Oh no, the Super Bowl. We haven't gone through our Super Bowl oh, picks. Yeah, NFL, mate. Yeah. That's right. I don't forget that. So, well, for me, look, I'll, I'll let you know my Super Bowl picks. Um, look, I, I think New Orleans, uh, the Saints, they are ridiculous. I think they're going to do very, very well. If Drew Brees, um, and his shoulder holds up, I think he's going to do well if his thumb holds up. Uh, if not, they've got Jameis Winston who can quite happily throw five touchdowns and five interceptions a game. 
Um, so I, I think I think they'll do very very well. Um, Winston's going to put points on the board. We're just not sure which team for. So yeah. you can guarantee that. <laughs> exactly right, mate. Exactly right. That's uh, he, it, he's he's a very good backup to have, though. Genuinely, I think it was a good move for them. Um, but I, honestly, I think the Saints are going to going to take it out. I think um, last year it should have been pretty much Kansas City and them um, in the Super Bowl. But anyway, we'll see how we go. And look, my dark horse will be the Bills. Um, I think the Bills uh, they've basically fixed up their roster to a point now. Um, where they've got Stefan Diggs coming across as the number one receiver. Um, the defense is ridiculous. It's it's just stupidly good, their defense. Um, and look, I think that their running game will be very, very good. They just brought in Zach Moss from the draft. He'll hit the ground running. Um, that wasn't a uh, pun or anything like that, but we'll just pretend it was good. Um, and uh, it'll, it'll be good from there, but those are my two. Um, but yeah, who do you think, mate? Uh, so I think KC will win it all again. They, they're... <laughs> it's kind of a throwaway line, but they didn't get any worse in the off season either. Um, mm. And my dark horse as well was the Bills for all those reasons as well. If, if Alan can put it together, and we know the guy can throw, you know, a hundred miles down the field, but if he oh. can just throw, you know, ten yards down the field as well, then we'll be laughing. Well, mate, if he if he plays NFL like I play golf, we're in trouble. <laughs> You can hit the ball a mile, but my God, if it goes straight, I'll be stoked. Uh, but, no, it, 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 it'll be interesting to see what he does, mate. But yeah, look, I think they're going to tailor the offense to him. I think you're right. I think I think the Bills are a genuine. Or maybe they're not so much of a dark horse anymore. Maybe they actually are just a genuine favorite. But uh, look, look, outside chance, maybe. I think yeah, like you said, they've done enough to give Allen enough to be really, really competitive offensively on a team that really has been, you know, a defensive minor team. Correct, yeah, I agree, I agree. And uh, Bond Original, mate, what did you think? Yeah, mate, I'm going with the Seahawks. I've said it um, for a while, I think. Um, I think their time's coming. Uh, hopefully it is this season. Uh, the Buccaneers are my not-so-dark horse. Um, Tom Brady with the platinum arm and the Zimmer frame um, <laughs> over there. I'd love to see Love to see if he's the talent or whether it's um, <laughs> Belichick with the team. Uh, and, and my outside Ruffy paying 100 to 1. That got me, that got me good. <laughs> the Bengals um, with Zuma. I knew you'd say that. I was waiting for Bengals to come up. <laughs> Bengals, mate. You love the Bengals. He's, he loves the Bengals action. You know, mate. All right, now, look, lads, we've got to finish off with something brilliant. Um, now, I want you guys to tell me. Uh, Cootie, let's crack on with your wanker of the week, mate. Let's let's have a look. What is it this week, mate? Oh, we'll smash through this one. This is another news report that I read that I just had to reread about eight times in amazement. So this is the um, with some sports coming back from COVID. Um, the K League, I think it is in South Korea, uh, Seoul FC has been hit with a record hundred million won fine for using sex dolls instead of mannequins to fill empty seats at their stadium. So their 100 million wong is about 124,000 Australian dollars. Um, and the club wanted to create kind of an artificial crowd, so they got some mannequins and apparently unaware that some of the mannequins they had in the crowd were actually sex dolls. I, 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 this, is, this comes down to the, the age-old question that I seem to ask every week. Like, how could you not know that? What? Like, what? Uh, I'm at a loss, mate. Beg, I'm at a loss. belief. Beggar's belief. It, it does say here the club apologises, stating that they had not checked the consignment sent by the supplier, adding that they are not adding they were not aware the dolls were adult products. Right. Well, for me, just off the top of my head, you know, a mannequin might go for what a hundred dollars a sex doll. Yeah. You're looking at closer to a thousand. <laughs> I mean. Surely, you know, on the consignment, you're like, oh, this one's a bit more expensive than the other shipment. What's going on here? I, I, maybe it's one of those scenarios, you know, when when some actors finish a movie, they get to take props home? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's that's what's happened. Like, some cheeky bug is just going, you know what? My sex life is terrible. Maybe I could, uh, you know, sort myself out. Like, I'm just saying, or, you know, maybe one of the players requested it as part of his contract. I don't know. 
what bought on company dime for a sneaky little <laughs> home visit. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent, mate. It- this has got stitch up written all over it. Like, you sure someone administratively is just, um, you know, playing a joke that tragically backfired or amazingly backfired? Well, I mean, they say, what is it, uh, the old saying about publicity, mate? No, no like, even, no publicity is bad publicity or whatever it is. <laughs> True, but I don't think it really works in this case because the clubs had to come out and apologise. They, they, you know, the media has smashed them, saying it's you know completely disrespectful to women when they're trying to start a women's league or however that eventuates. But I mean, I own neither mannequin nor sex doll, but I'm pretty sure I could tell the difference between the two. I'm pretty sure you could. If you stood, if you stood them next to each other, yeah. we'd be able to figure that out. But but to be honest, mate, do you know the last time I thought about South Korean soccer? Yeah, never. Exactly. Yeah. Until this, t- until today, when you sent me that news report about sex dolls in the stand, <laughs> I had never thought about South Korean soccer. Before. Well, there you go. Maybe this working. <laughs> maybe, maybe the hundred and or one hundred million Wong is actually not that big a fine. They're going to make more money from it off anyway. Yeah, oh, mate. Who knows? That is sensational. Mate. What, what, do you know what the club's name was? I missed it. What you said? Uh, Seoul FC. Was it? Oh, that's an easy one. Seoul FC. Yeah. Right, so in fact, that's that's the that's the capital city too. So that's that's the major central capital city of South Korea's club. <laughs> oh my, that's sensational! Oh, the, on, this mate. is good the on. equivalent of Collingwood in the AFL or the Broncos in the NRL doing this. Yeah, hundred percent. Like this is yeah. this is yeah. their major. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. That's that's phenomenal. That's like LA Galaxy, mate. Just going, you know what? Let's pop some sex dolls in the stand. <laughs> you know, do you reckon? Do you reckon this? It wouldn't have been such an issue if they also had male sex dolls too. Well, see, this doesn't. Well, the the article doesn't specify if they were male or female sex dolls, but you, you ever seen like because we referenced Jackie Moon the other night, and he's like, "Yeah, let's win, but not by 124 <laughs> points because we don't want to give away corn dogs." Can you imagine what the giveaway is if they like so the home team scored three goals or whatever it is? If they're putting sex mannequins in the crowd. Well, actually, it wouldn't hey, man. be giveaways because there'd be no one there, but it just, no, but it I, figures I, belief that someone has gone and somehow bought, and it doesn't really say how many there was, but a significant amount and just not have any idea or completely gloss over the fact that, yeah, these are sex toys, dude. Yeah. Well, I, it, it's phenomenal, mate. I, I find, but the, the, the other question I have as well, this is, it's, it's a little rhetorical, but why is it required for them to have the stands with mannequins in them anyway? I, th- I think it was they wanted to create an, an artificial crowd, either for the TV sponsors or cameras or whatnot, because some of the, the actual mannequins had, they were holding up signs like goal, go soul or whatever, goal or, or whatever you hold up for soccer, I really don't know. So it was kind of to create some sort of atmosphere, but I think, to be fair, a few mannequins in the crowd versus a completely empty stadium. I don't think it's going to do too much in terms of a, an audience or a crowd or a spectator participation or anything so it's a weird one from the get-go but the fact you end up with sex dolls is just amazing well a complete side note to that is there are european um football teams offering members um and supporters alike the opportunity to have a cardboard cutout of them in the crowd so you pay your 20 euro or something like that you get a cardboard cutout put in a seat um so the crowd is full of people who have actually supported the club. Uh, so for a nominal fee, you know, you get your face on TV along with Squee and others, but uh, you're still supporting your club. So I think it's a good initiative from clubs. Um, but this time, it's just missed the mark. <laughs> Ever so slightly missed the mark. <laughs> only slightly, then, only slightly. Hey man, they do things differently in Korea, okay? <laughs> Evidently. Speaking of things that are different, mate, what's the, the Bondi's obscure sport this week? I've gone with underwater hockey this week. Um, basically, I had the president of the Townsville Underwater Hockey Club in at work uh, at the end of last year, and I just did a follow-up um, with her today, and I'm like, that's crazy, and I just had to revisit the... How do you even play underwater hockey? Um, 
it was it just took me back when she said she was the president of the underwater hockey team. So, um, yeah, that's mine. Uh, so it's from 1954 um, in England was when it was first founded um, by a bloke named Alan Blake, and uh, he got sick of not being able to swim in or scuba dive in the cold English winters over there um, because the English summers are so different. Um, so, yeah, he wanted a way to keep it, uh, the club active. So he, you know, decided to play underwater hockey. Um, and it's actually been widely adopted. It took a few years to get off, and there's a lot of politics with it. Um, so it started off as, or the governing body being the Confederation Mondial de Activities Subaquatics. So very French-sounding name for me. Um, and now the that they, now perfectly. That. Yeah. Um, and they went through a little bit of an upheaval, um, and now there's two governing bodies. So there's CMAS, um, as the aforementioned governing body, and the World Aqua Challenge Association. Uh, so they're kind of blow for blow trying to um, govern the sport. Um, it does have a world championship. Um, it's around um, about 20 nations um, compete, uh, but it's spread to South Africa, interestingly enough pretty much second to England uh, with the free divers down there, the spear fishermen, uh, getting on board. Uh, but, yeah, a very interesting sport, and it is exactly what it sounds like. It's underwater hockey. So um, take ice hockey, melt the water, um, and that's what you've got. <laughs> well, do, do, do they use sticks, or how how how's the how's the puck moved? Yeah, they use what they call pushes, which is... A hockey stick cut off about six inches above the elbow. Um, so, yeah, exactly the same. Shorter stick, they still use a puck. Um, you've got your snorkel and mask on, flippers. Um, yeah, you just swim around. It's water polo crossed with hockey. Um, so there are some pretty crazy injuries come out of this, so... I mean, you're talking about mild scratches, muscle strains. <laughs> um, so it is. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, it's um, it's even advertised as slight contact sport, so or contact limited. Um, so it's not quite the same as the normal ice hockey, where you're going to lose 16 teeth per game. No, exactly, and they have got headwear on as well, so just in case. <laughs> I don't know how you might get hit in the head with a hockey stick. I don't know, but um, they do have head protection on just in case. Well, I think so. Given, so there's no. The... Sorry, mate. Yeah. Oh, no, you're on. Go ahead. I was going to say. So there's been no reports of someone copping a flipper to the jugular, jugular, and bleeding out <laughs> underwater or anything like that. <laughs> no, no. Unfortunately, um, the more major injuries might include. Deeper cuts, broken fingers, or impacts to the head causing dental trauma. Well, yeah, I suppose if you're swimming behind someone. I was just thinking though, right? Because you're underwater and you're trying to swing through and hit something or or shove something, I'd imagine it would be quite slow motion. So to me, if you're getting (laughs) hit in the head underwater by a hockey stick, you deserve it. Yeah, and I mean, the the first thing that shot into my head, which is absolutely ridiculous, is who gets the shallow end and who gets the deep end. <laughs> you, yeah, the, the sport, it obviously gets slower as you get to the deep end. Obviously, they're going to do it in a flat pool. But, um, yeah, I just... I saw the sport and... You get a downhill advantage uh, each half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, introduced. Yeah... But, yeah, it's just that this chick came through work, president of the Townsville Underwater Hockey Club, and I'm like, that is about as obscure as it gets for me this week. Um, yeah, that's that's sensational. You've done well with that one, mate. I, I Again, like I'm astounded that you found yet another sport that I have never heard of. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, it's uh, I, I mean, I always joke about doing underwater basket weaving, 
Um, but just because it's, you know, it doesn't exist, but, uh, I, I can't actually now say play some underwater hockey because it, it actually exists. Yeah. I'll look up basket weaving for you next week. Underwater, obviously. Appreciate it, appreciate <laughs> it. Underwater pool painting, etc. Mate, uh, that's sensational. Look, we, we've done well, lads. We've definitely gone over time, but uh, I think we've uh, we've given uh, quite a bit of information. We've done well. We've debated. We've gone all over the place, um, and uh, we've had a few interruptions and whatnot. But I appreciate you sticking with it. Um, but uh, was there any other final points that you guys wanted to, to talk about tonight? No, mate. I'm all talked out. Perfect. <laughs> all, right. all talked out, mate. You're going to be all right. You, you okay? Oh, nothing left for Tara. I might just have to go to bed. <laughs> All right, well, well, we'll leave it there then, lads, and uh, we'll come back next week. Well, that's the end of the episode, and thanks so much for listening, and tune in next time for some more next-level content, and please do make sure you subscribe and review. It's a big help to us. Cheers.